Hey friend, I'm Hannah Lapsansky, and you're listening to the Moms Grab Coffee podcast, where moms share how they find peace and joy in the chaotic beauty that is motherhood. If you're stressed, overwhelmed, and exhausted, come join us to fill yourself up with hope and wisdom from moms who are in it too, and who will always point you back to Jesus. Hey, what's up, friend? The Christmas season is right around the corner, and I am so excited, overwhelmed, anxious, stressed, just all the things, right? Probably all the things that you're feeling too, but I'm mostly excited. We have some really fun Christmas traditions that we've baked into this house, and the first actually has to do with baking. We like to bake a birthday cake for Jesus, and that just helps us remind the kids what this season is truly about. It's not about the Christmas presents. It's not about Christmas lights and Christmas trees and things like that. The reason for the season is Jesus. So I'll buy a box cake mix, some icing, a ton of decorations in all different colors, shapes, and sizes, and let them go wild. And it has been such a beautiful way to remind them why we celebrate Christmas. Another tradition that I am looking forward to repeating this year is decorating our own Christmas shirts. So last year, my sister wanted to do an ugly Christmas sweater party. And so I looked around everywhere for sweaters that were, you know, kind of unique, but not necessarily ugly, especially for the kids, because I didn't really want it to be a one-time, one-and-done kind of situation. And so I was looking at Target and Kohl's and Walmart and Amazon and all the places for shirts that my kids could wear a few times at least. So I didn't find anything that I truly loved uh, that was, you know, within a reasonable price range. So I decided, you know what? Why don't I just buy some white shirts, get a bunch of decorative accents and stickers and ribbons and jingle bells from Dollar Tree and we can make our own Christmas shirts. (laughs) So that's what we ended up doing. It was actually super fun. My kids went wild with the jingle bells and each had their own personal unique touch to it. My daughter loves princesses and jewelry and shiny things, so her shirt totally reflected that. And then my son really loves robots and um, dinosaurs and the color blue. So, you know, he he added that to his shirt. And then my youngest said, still too young. So I did his shirt for him. But it was so fun. And now we have the pictures that uh, we can look back on and say, in 2021, this is what our decorative shirts look like. <laughs> and no, we don't end up wearing them again. But I still have them. I can't get myself to throw them out because they're just such cute, beautiful pieces of art. All right, so on to today's episode. Whether you're a Christian or not, I think lots of people know the Christmas story. I think a lot of churches and other podcast shows also go into the meaning of Christmas and just the incredible peace and hope and joy and love that uh, comes from the birth of Jesus Christ. So I'm not going to go into that, though I will be talking about a Mary on this episode, uh, but not the mother of Jesus Mary. The Mary I'm talking about is from Luke chapter 10, as well as John chapter 11. 
Now you may have heard this phrase or some、uh, variation of this phrase a lot: "Be a Mary in a Martha world," or "Have a Mary heart in a Martha world." Be Mary, not Martha. And when we look at Luke chapter ten, verse thirty-eight to forty-two, it's easy to see why. So within this passage, Jesus visits Mary and Martha, their sisters. And while Martha is hustling and bustling about and making sure that everything is perfect for her guest and that she's being a really good host, Mary, her younger sister, sits in front of Jesus and spends time with him and listens to what he's saying. And so you look at that situation and you're like, okay, hustling and bustling, bad time spent with Jesus, good. And so when we hear things like "Have a merry heart in a Martha world." Makes a ton of sense. We're living in a world where things are fast, 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 and hustle and bustle, and you gotta lean in, you gotta keep going. In that kind of environment, it can really be hard to slow down and pause, let alone slow down and pause to spend time with Jesus. So, be merry in a Martha world holds a lot of truth. However. I think we underestimate Martha when we only look at that passage, Luke chapter ten, thirty-eight to forty-two. We see Martha and Mary in just one dimension, in one scene, and what we might be missing is what happens later with Mary and Martha. How are how have they changed over the course of time? So that's where I want to look at John chapter eleven, and I think there's a lot of application and a case to be made that we should actually be like Martha. Okay, so John chapter eleven, what happens in this passage? Lazarus, their brother, is very sick. Mary and Martha send a message to Jesus. Jesus actually receives it and says, "No, we're not going to go there yet." Now we don't know if Mary and Martha. Know that Jesus had received the message before their brother had died, but what happens is Lazarus then dies, and then Jesus comes. Now here's where it gets interesting, and I think where we have a lot of application for us as moms. So as Jesus is coming, Martha gets word, and she leaves the mourners to meet him, and that's the part that I want you to notice. Martha's role is to be with the mourners, to be at the funeral. She actually left her role; she left her social requirement to go and meet Jesus. Now, remember in John chapter ten, Mary did that. She didn't really care about the social requirement of making sure that everything was prepared for her guest. It was Martha that was filling that role. So going back to John chapter eleven, she left her role in order to go meet with Jesus, which represents her growing. She's learning. Now a little later in the chapter, when Martha goes up to Jesus, she says, "Lord, if you only had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask." And there's another really important word, and that is "but." So going back to John chapter ten, she was questioning the Lord. She said, "Lord, aren't you going to do anything? My sister's just standing there. Why don't you tell her to come help me?" When you get to John chapter eleven, 
She isn't questioning the Lord. She's just saying, hey, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died, but I still know that you are God. She didn't say, Lord, why weren't you here? Why didn't you prevent this from happening? So she's continuing to grow. But here's another interesting point in this story. Now, we know Martha as one who's really worried about the details. So when Jesus wants to go in and visit the dead body of Lazarus, Martha says, ooh, Lord, it's pretty stinky in there. I don't know if you want to go in. That statement tells us that Martha is still who she is. Yes, she's growing in her faith. Yes, she is teachable. But she's also someone who naturally wants to take care of people and is worried about those little details of how things might affect them. We also know Martha gives herself grace. And by that I mean when we see her introduced in Luke chapter 10, and Martha says, hey, Jesus, why aren't you saying anything to my sister? Tell her to come help me. Jesus said, well, Mary's actually doing what she's supposed to be doing. Martha didn't take that as uh, being shamed. She took that as a teaching moment that she then applied when we see her again in John chapter 11. She also gave herself the grace to be taught. And what I mean by that is she didn't turn around and say, oh, well, he doesn't know what the heck he's doing, or this is the social requirement, Jesus, didn't you know? I'm trying to be the good host to you. What she actually did was step back and say, okay, I hear you, Jesus. I understand what you're saying. And we know that she understands because she breaks a social requirement later on during her brother's funeral to go meet with Jesus right away. Okay, so what does this all mean for us busy moms? Three things. First of all, give yourself grace when you get it wrong. And I mean truly give yourself grace, which actually means to forgive yourself. Last summer, we went on a trip to Chicago to my in-law's place. And while we were there, it was my daughter's birthday. And so we invited all the cousins and the aunts and the uncles for a birthday party. There were probably about 20 to 25 people there. Now we go to the Midwest about twice a year. Now most of the time is spent with our immediate family and we see our extended family, so cousins, aunts and uncles, maybe, you know, one day out of the few days that we're there. Now my older son gets a little bit nervous when it comes to new people and new experiences. And while we were at my in-law's house for this birthday party, so it wasn't necessarily a new place, but there were a lot of people that he hadn't seen in a very, very long time. And he's only four, so, and whether he recognized any of the people when he last saw them at three or maybe even two for some people, I don't know. But during this party, which lasted about three to four hours, He was clinging to me. And when I say clinging to me, like he had to physically touch me for about three and a half out of the four hour party, which as moms can feel quite frustrating after a while. 
So I was trying to encourage him to go play with the other cousins. It was the summer, so they had a pool outside and they were doing water play. Uh, Some kids were in their swimsuits. So I said, why don't you go do that? All right, well, if you don't want to do that, go play on the swing set. There's a slide. Super fun. Trying to get him to go hang with the other kids so that I could go hang with the adults and have my adult time. But he totally refused. He wanted me to uh, stay away from everyone else, and he wanted to just cling to me. All the while, I'm getting more and more and more frustrated. Until I said, Tony, which is my husband's name, you need to deal with him. And I had to walk away and take a moment for myself. And I could hear him crying and whining, and, you know, he really, really, really didn't want to go play with anyone other than me. And as I look back at that situation, I realize, you know what? I handled that wrong. And I'm not talking about walking away and taking a moment to myself because I truly needed that. And I think that was the right thing to do. But I was getting really frustrated with him and I was trying to kind of push him away and, you know, physically get him closer to the other kids so that I could have my time. Now, having my time, nothing wrong with that. I think we all need it. But what I got wrong and what I still feel guilty about is trying to shake him off like he was a pest. I wasn't trying to help him through it. I wasn't trying to uh, maybe play with the kids with him. I was just trying to get him acclimated with the environment as quickly as possible so that I could get away. Now, I said I still feel guilty about it, but I'm also really trying to give myself uh, the acknowledgement that, yeah, I got it wrong, but I can do better next time. I could try again. And I think that's what motherhood is about, right? It really feels a lot like a uh, try, try, try until you succeed kind of game, right? And succeed can be defined in a number of different ways. But what we get wrong by the grace of God we have the opportunity to get right the next time. My second point is this. Now, in the Martha story, we see that she went against social expectations when we see her in John chapter 11. So let's give ourselves permission to also go against social expectations. Wow, we could go on and on about the social expectations and motherhood. Am I right? I mean, everything from your parenting style to how you kids behave to nutrition for yourself as well as your kids, uh, toy choices, clothing material, even organic versus inorganic. I mean, there's so many different levels of expectation and it's going to change uh, depending on uh, your environment, right? The expectations can certainly be different. And some of those expectations are great. They can keep us accountable. They can sharpen our mothering. They can make us better. But they can also be really heavy and cause us to miss the bigger, more important things. Like when we see with Martha, she's preparing her house for a really important guest. She's making sure her guest is comfortable. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but but it was at the expense of spending time with Jesus. 
And lastly, give yourself permission to stop in the moment. Now, we hear that a lot. We talk about it a lot on this podcast because I think it's really important. We got to stop. We got to make room for God throughout our day. We got to pause. But here's where the permission part comes in. Now, I'm going to talk about two kinds of stops. One is a mind stop. Our minds are running a million miles a minute. Even as I'm recording this podcast, I'm thinking, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? What do I have in the fridge? Do I need to go grocery shopping? I did an episode a few weeks ago on just how fast our minds are producing thoughts. I mean, on average, it's 6,200 thoughts a day. And for moms, it's (laughs) 12,400. No, I'm just kidding, but I bet it's true. So when I say a mind stop, I really mean stopping the mind and connecting with God while you're still doing the physical things that you might be doing. Now, this is something I learned from Tara Banks on episode 36, where she talked about inviting God's wonders into our life through everyday tasks. So as we are physically folding the laundry, our minds might be thinking of dinner, or maybe you're going through the Christmas gift list. Tune all of those things out and tune into God. Tara said one important word she uses in order to invite God in, and that is available. So as you take those mind stops, while your physical body may still be moving, take her advice and say available and see how you might use that 5 second, 10 second, 60 second mind stop to bring some more peace and joy into your life through a connection with God. And the other stop here is a physical stop, which is exactly what you think it might be, physically stopping what you're doing. If you think of moments of surprise, or even um, when you look outside, it's raining and suddenly you see a flash of lightning, it kind of stops you in your tracks, right? Like your body physically stops and goes, (gasps) what if we had those kinds of physical jolts throughout our day? And here's the kicker, allowing ourselves to do that, giving ourselves the okay to just stop. So I use an hourly daily planner to plan my day every day. And I actually write in at one o'clock, I'm going to spend time with God. And before that and after that, I have a slew of tasks that I need to get done. And I'll be frank, I haven't been super good about keeping uh, that God time at one o'clock every day because sometimes things that I have been working on before one o'clock end up spilling into my God time. Sometimes I'm so focused on some tasks that I just forget about it, even though I have it written in uh, in my calendar. So I'm trying to get much better at it because when I do take that pause in the middle of my day, then it makes a world of a difference in the afternoon. I have much more energy and much more peace. So if you're having trouble physically stopping, well then try that. Physically stopping could also be at the end of the night. So don't beat yourself up if you can't find that moment during the day. All right, friend, I hope this episode was encouraging to you. 
As always, if you enjoyed this episode, I'd love it if you take just a quick second to go rate the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Thanks so much, friend. I'll be back next week for another episode of Just Me, and then we're going to kick off the new year with some really fun, amazing guests, including Duck Dynasty star Lisa Robertson and Nikki Hardy from Chemo Chair Prayers. So make sure you're subscribed and following the show. Have a beautiful Christmas, my dear friend, and I'll catch you again next time for a cup of coffee with a side of faith, wisdom, and hope.